Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamers here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am your host, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter, at Loafinit, and don't forget to follow the show where you can have all the hosts of the, the their, their Twitter handles underneath the bio right there. You can follow everybody here at the Fantasy Impact Today Network. But more importantly than that, you can also see all the shows posted there. And uh, one of my hosts, one of my co-hosts, uh, well, let me, let me, let me, I, Pierre, I forgot to give the handle. Isn't that crazy? I, I get going. I get going fast. My tongue gets 10 steps ahead of my brain. And next thing you know, I got to backtrack around and do the very first thing that I started doing in the first place. At <laughs> FI Today is where you can find us on Twitter. And like I was mentioning earlier, Pierre is my co-host. Hello, Pierre. Evening, Wes. What's going on, man? Uh, no, no, well, nothing really exciting is going on. Uh, now, sometimes I call you Peewee, and sometimes I call you Pierre, because your Twitter handle is at Peewee31 on Twitter. And, but I'll just, it, it seems to stick. Is that a nickname? I don't even know you that well. Is that a nickname from in the past, or should it, I just always call you Pierre? Yeah, so some 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 call me Peewee. Uh, a lot of them just call me P, actually. Uh, I think most of my, my close friends just call me P. Uh, it's the easiest, but I've I've gotten the Pee and then of course Pierre is my formal name. I can't say P because as we were talking earlier, we 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 have children, and my five year old would think that was hilarious every time I said the word P, and she would go and run and tell her mother that Daddy said a word. That's what oh she would say. Well, let's not do that. We can we can stick with Pierre and Pee then. I say words on purpose just just to get her to laugh. Uh, you know that's. <laughs> She'll ask me what the dogs do in the yard, and I'll tell her, you know, that, that they poopy in the yard. And she, oh, daddy said a <laughs> word. That child laughter is good for you. I love the that child laughter for sure. It's something about that in this world. Now, you, I saw something on Twitter that you posted yeah, Sunday night, Monday night. I don't know which one. And you said that your wife beat you on a DraftKings little lineup card that you two played together, I guess, and that she had been listening to the show and she was able to make out winning card again. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It's the, the second time this has happened. Uh, so I have a contest that I, I just run with uh, some friends uh, each week on DraftKings. And since we've done the podcast, he's beat me twice in that league and and last last week was one of them she had a pretty big score too it was a 246 she actually took home a little over a grand uh with that lineup uh and she actually listened so we we had a little quick trip uh to indianapolis i'm in the indiana area and on our way back like she was listening in the passenger side to our podcast on sunday morning next thing you know i looked at her lineup and i'm like oh my goodness she's played everyone i should have played uh I played most, but uh, like Tyler Lockett was a big one, uh, which I said, you know, play Lockett or Metcalf. You listen to that. She's a Packers fan, so of course she jammed in Devontae Adams and Jamal Williams, and she was rolling, and she was so nervous during that Seattle-Arizona game. I was just cracking up because uh, she, she still had Kyler Murray, uh, who was my quarterback, uh, who I said to, to pick as well, um, and she ran it back with Christian Kirk. Uh, in addition to Tyler Lockett. So really good night for her. Super happy. Uh, probably happier uh, that she was doing well and being successful than it is for myself uh, just to see all the frustrations that she used to have trying to play this uh, kind of go away and, and her be happy and enjoy a lineup. So it was it was a great evening. Well, that is really good. A shout out to Mrs. Peewee. How's that? What did you say? <laughs> I don't know. I hope I, I hope she just fades all of my 
<laughs> all of my uh, direction that I give on this show. I I do all right. I I do all right. I guess I, don't, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I told you before the show that I'm going to start writing things down so I can keep track of it, so I can post our successes or our failures. But and I know I've said that like several times. There's just no way I'm going to write this down. I'm listening. I'm trying to be a good host. I'm trying to listen. And there's no way to write this down. We need an intern or something, Pee Wee. If if somebody wants to be an intern, if somebody wants to listen to this program, post this content, send me a DM or something like that, or send Pee Wee a a DM at Pierre31 on Twitter or at Pee Wee31 on Twitter, at Lofanet on Twitter, and you can just, you can be our intern. You can help me out because I I can't keep up with all this stuff, just to be frank with you. I had to reach out to the, the Joe Flacco fan club. Maybe there's someone there. I was so mad. I was so upset, man. I was I was ready to go. I was ready to rock. I had a pretty good lineup, I thought. It had all those big names. I was ready to go, man. And I had yeah. to fail on that the last minute. Yeah, Sam Darnold saved you a couple cents. Yeah, well, that's it. All right. I was looking at these game totals because we started doing this a little bit last week just to look at what games could be really hot and DFS strategic for us. The the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns, 53 and a half. That's one of those games. The Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers at 54 right now. That's another game. Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals, 54 and a half. That's another game. And the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks are sitting at 54. That's another game on this 11-game slate. So just really four games that people will be putting a lot of eggs into these baskets right here. And we'll have to find ways to sprinkle around some other names that people aren't necessarily playing. But Pee Wee, what do you think about who might be some big names here in the Las Vegas Raider Cleveland Brown game? Yeah, the, the over-unders are definitely where I, I start every week uh, when it comes to my lineups. When it comes to Browns and Raiders, uh, I think you can start uh, with Kareem Hump there at running back. Uh, Raiders are pretty bad, pretty poor, one of the worst in the leagues um, against the run. Uh, when you look at Kareem Hunt now with Nick Chubb on the IR, he's he's really the bell cow there. Uh, Mayfield's he had a pretty good game uh, coming back. Uh, against the Bengals, but he's still dealing with the ribs. They they just lost Beckham uh, to to a torn ACL, so I think they're going to lean really heavy on the run game. Uh, so in that Raiders and Browns game, if we jump just uh, to running backs when we get there, it's definitely going to be a Kareem Hunt uh, type of week at 6,900. Uh, for the Raiders, I think you would more go to the, the passing attack. Uh, Josh Jacobs really hasn't been the same since week one. Uh, where he really had a, a breakout game. Uh, he's had a couple games here or there. The Kansas City game, he did pretty well at 22. Uh, but other than that, he's been 13 and less uh, in basically four out of the six games they played. Uh, so you're going to really lean on Derek Carr. He's at a pretty good price at 5,500. Uh, the Browns do struggle against the pass. You just saw Burrow throw for, for 406 um, and a few touchdowns there. Uh, so I think you can play Derek Carr at, at 5,500 in that Cleveland and, and Las Vegas game. All right. I, I can agree with you there. There's, there's, a, there's a, a tricky one to me. What's that? And I'm probably th- out thinking the room All right, on this one. The Kansas City Chiefs have got a 41-point point total here from oddshark.com uh, NFL scores. And, and it seems to me that the Jets have been playing a little bit harder, defensively anyway, than I give them credit for. Maybe than anybody gives them credit for. And the offensive side of the ball – for each team that goes up against them, kind of gets punched in the mouth, it almost looks like, and and they don't know how to react, or that maybe they're just overlooking 
the New York Jets because of that win seven record. I know the Chiefs have got a 41 point point spread. Do we need to fade Chiefs so this week? <laughs> no, no, do not fade the the Chiefs. So they they have the highest point total um, for individual teams on the slate at 34 uh, right now. Uh, the the Jets are only <laughs> they only have 15 points. Uh, that's all Vegas is giving them currently right now is 15. Uh, so 34 and 15 is uh, the spread that I'm seeing here. That makes up uh, roughly the the 48 that they're so over under that you're seeing. Uh, you have the the Chiefs have a, a 19 and a half. They are favored by 19 and a half points. That's almost three touchdowns uh, that they're favored against the Jets. They're at home. Uh, you got to watch for the weather. Uh, that's something I said last week, and you know, they really didn't tear, take off too much in Denver with the snow. Uh, this one is going to be around 46, which is decent weather uh, there in Kansas City. Uh, no forecast for precipitation, for rain or snow. Uh, so I think you want at least a, a chief or two uh, in this lineup as they, they should pretty much blow out uh, the Jets. Okay, Tennessee will be looking for revenge in that Cincinnati Bengal game. That point total, like I said, was fifty-four and a half. Uh, another another Burrow game. Yeah, it could be because I think they'll be uh, trailing from behind. Um, and, and Tennessee does give up a lot of yardage in the air. They're more of a a pass funnel type of defense. And what I mean by that is they tend to to try to stop the run. Uh, that's what they want to do first and foremost, which opens up uh, things for the passing game. Uh, you look at the spread again, 54 and a half of what I have. Uh, Tennessee's favorite by six. Temperatures are uh, projected to be around 44. Uh, we're getting towards uh, Derrick Henry weather. Um, I, I know that's your guy there in Bama, and I really like to play him uh, once it starts to get cold because no one wants to tackle that guy uh, when it's warm out, let alone when it starts to get cold out. So I do like Henry, uh, and I do expect Burrow to, to kind of have to air it out uh, if the, the Titans get out in front. Um, his weapons are doing pretty well. You got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins is, you know, being a breakout rookie right now. And A.J. Green's uh, actually doing his, his Undertaker impression and uh, starting to raise from the dead a bit himself with uh, two back-to-back uh, 11 and 13 targets in back-to-back weeks, uh, double-digit fantasy points. Uh, still really good price tag on A.J. Green. So this is a pretty good matchup, and, and Burrow will likely have to air it out. We talked about Minnesota and Green Bay for just a second. Can Devontae Adams repeat his performance from last week? Or if Aaron Jones is back, is he going to kind of take over that game? No, I still think it's a Devontae week. Uh, I'm not sure how teams can't shut him down, but they can't. He's been the only option there in Green Bay for a couple of years now. And there's still no answer from him. He's a great route runner, has great hands, really great rapport with Rodgers. Uh, you look at week one against this same Vikings defense he put up 44 fancy points 14 catches 156 yards two touchdowns on 17 targets he's coming off a 16 target game even if Aaron Jones is back uh, I still like Devontae Adams just because uh, what he brings in regards to that number one receiver he's really unguardable uh, in my eyes and I think you can you have to pay up for him at 8800 but I, I still think you you can do it and I probably will do it uh, looking at the, the receivers right now all right, the last one was the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. This 54-point spread, it looks looks weird to me because a lot of the 49ers are injured, and mm-hmm. they also have a pretty good defense. I, I'm not going to say they're the San Francisco 49ers defense from last year because some changes happened in this offseason and some injuries, of course, have helped uh, that situation uh, get hindered a little bit. And the Seattle Seahawks are there. A big running attack hit with Chris Carson being out. I, I I don't this fit it doesn't I don't think they're going to get fifty I don't think this whole game is going to get to fifty four this week. 
It may not. Uh, you may be onto something again. A lot of injuries. Uh, you spoke to Carson. Uh, Carlos Hyde's also banged up uh, behind Carson, so it could be a Travis Homer type of situation or DJ Dallas um, on the 49er side of the ball. Debo Samuel, you know, is injured. Uh, Moster's injured. Jeff Wilson Jr., who's the backup's injured. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of injuries there for sure. Um, but again, uh, Vegas is pretty good at this uh, when it comes to setting the lines. Uh, and the, the thing that really is going to keep this game potentially on the shootout level is the the Seahawks secondary. They continue to struggle. Uh, the Seahawks haven't given up, you know, less than 23. Everyone they played so far this year is at 23 or more. Uh, that includes the, the Dolphins that scored 23. The Vikings uh, put up 27 against them. So there's a there's a lot of different teams that are scoring even the Patriots with Cam Newton came in there and scored 30 in a loss we see how bad Cam Newton looks now so uh, there's a lot of points to be scored against the Seattle defense uh, my question is going to be if Jimmy G is capable of of throwing the ball and putting in the air when mm-hmm. that team's really been dependent on the run game so far well and that's and that's what I'm thinking about that that passing offense it just isn't going to be able to keep up with Seattle I don't know how that point total is going to get to 54 that's going to be very Interesting. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit more before I get to my John Frisella show that we usually do those point spread totals and all that on. All right. So let's get into this DraftKings going uh, all these different tiers that we have going on here with all 11 games, Pierre. And we always start with the quarterback situation because Mm -hmm. that seems to be where we start our build, I believe. And am I thinking about that right? You just always start your build with the quarterback. Yeah. Once you pick your quarterback, it kind of opens up what you want to do, at least for, uh, for the skill positions. Because you, you tend to want to, again, stack or, or pair your, your receivers with the quarterback that you select, um, as well as run it back with someone from the opposite side of the ball um, when it comes to the other team. Uh, so it's definitely best to, to start with the quarterback, and that kind of leads you into the, the rest of your plays based off salary. All right. Well, Patrick Mahomes kicks us off there at 8,100, and we'll just go down to the 7,000 range like we usually do with Josh Allen, who somewhat fantasy disappointed last week. I think a lot of people uh, expected bigger things out of him against those Jets that I talked about that were a little bit surprising or that the Buffalo Bills took for granted last week. By the way, last last week, we're going to be able to get uh, Herbert in at the $6,900 price range. He's going to bounce up to the 7000 real soon. But start off with those $7,000 guys, Pierre. Yeah, you start with Mahomes. Uh, I think he's more of a, a tournament play uh, this week. And when I say tournament, that's it's kind of separate from your cash games, which are your double ups and 50-50s, uh, where you're just looking to beat half the field. Uh, your, your tournaments, you, you need to get in that top 20%. Uh, I think Mahomes is going to be a tournament play, mostly because of his price tag. Uh, $8,100 is a, a pretty steep price. Uh, but when you look at the again the the point total and them projected to score 34 points, uh, you got to think he's going to be a big part of that. Um, I know he wasn't last week when you look at the defense and then the the running backs with Alaire, uh, but you got to think this is going to be a bounce back spot for Mahomes in the passing attack. Uh, so I do like him right at the top at 8100 if you can afford him. Uh, same goes for uh, Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, I was on him uh, against the Texans last week. Uh, he's back at home now. There's no fans at Lambeau, but uh, still you just get used to the field, the surroundings. Uh, and it's an divisional matchup against the Vikings coming off a bye. Uh, so they may be a little better prepared, but the Vikings is also giving up a ton of points uh, through the air uh, when it comes to their secondary. Uh, week one, you saw, again, Devontae Adams with the big game. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Cantlin had a big game. Alan Lazard had a big game. Uh, against the Vikings week one. So I could see that kind of repeating back. So I do like Rodgers there at 76. 
I, I agree with you. I think I like Rodgers better than Mahomes just because the price tag's a little bit cheaper. And they may, they may shut it down a little bit in Kansas City. Maybe look for opportunities for Mahomes to get those stats in other games than against the New York Jets on that game on that Sunday. All right, so let's go to Herbert. Let's go to Herbert there, starting off, uh, starting us off at sixty nine hundred. Can you tell I'm excited about Herbert? He he excites <laughs> me, man. He he excites me whenever he's out there on the field. He does a lot of running. He puts his shoulder down, tries to run guys over, uh, which could cause injuries. But he does he he runs differently than Josh Allen, and maybe it's maybe it's not that he runs differently, but that he definitely passes a lot more accurately than Josh Allen or some of these other scrambling quarterbacks. He's got an arm and. I was like coming out of college. I was dead wrong about Justin Herbert. I wasn't a, a big fan. I, I watched a decent amount of Oregon and he just didn't impress me much, but he's been very, very impressive uh, in the NFL. And I make a joke and it's not funny. But I made a joke. There was a, a gif of basically like this doctor just like stabbing uh, this cartoon guy with a needle. And I, I, I kind of basically put a caption that it was the, the Chargers team doctor after he saw Justin Herbert in practice stabbing Tyrod Taylor. Uh, which isn't funny, but I mean, he's just taken off. Uh, he looks great. Uh, he's got is he's really locked in on Keenan Allen, uh, who we'll talk about at wide receiver. But he's also hitting guys you hadn't heard of. He's hitting Jaden Guyton and you know yeah. third string tight ends and Virgil Greens, and he's really spreading the ball around enough uh, that makes him dangerous. And you're right, he looks fantastic so far. Well, that's going to be him and him and Drew Locke locking horns that Sunday. You know, in Denver, uh, that point total is 44. Yeah, I, 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 I understand the, what these defenses bring to the field, but the Chargers haven't scared me one bit. They got they the Jacksonville Jaguars lit them up last week, uh, and Denver's defense is not the same. It's it's just not the same as what we've been used to in the past. I can see this one really going over the forty four. This could be a surprising DFS sl- uh, uh, game right here to meet Bwe. Yeah, it could. Um... Locked disappointed against the, the Chiefs last week. Again, that was a, a cold weather, snow type of game. Yeah. Uh, right now it's projected to be about 62 degrees, which is a, a much better situation. Uh, Chargers defense hasn't been the, the best. Um, again, they've, they've dealt with some injuries also, uh, similar to the Broncos, about Von Miller, uh, trading away uh, Chris Harris Jr., um, those type of impact players. So you're, you're definitely right that that 44 and a half uh, could be one that you hit the over on. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm writing Herbert down for me. I put me down there next to Herbert. I didn't put you. I put me. Uh, so let's, <laughs> let's go to Tannehill. Tannehill starts us off then the right underneath Herbert, 6,800. And we'll go all the way down here to uh, we'll we'll go to Kirk Cousins. Okay, we'll go to Kirk Cousins at 6,000, which seems seems to be too much to me. Yeah, I'm not playing Kirk Cousins at all. Um, you usually can target him in those really poor secondary type of matchups with the Packers. They don't have a poor secondary. Their secondary is pretty good, uh, led by Jahir Alexander. Uh, So no Kirk Cousins. You can't play Tannehill. Um, I do expect the Titans to be up in this game, uh, and I expect it to be Derrick Henry. uh, But whenever I've expected it to be Derrick Henry, it's actually been Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it it could be the the time for folks to to get on Tannehill. Uh, He struggled a bit um, just in regards to the way the Steelers defense were just playing uh, really good defense there at Pittsburgh. You're not going to see that same thing uh, when it comes to six, Cincinnati's defense. So I think you can play Tannehill at 68. Um, I don't like playing uh, anybody in the, the Steelers and Ravens divisional matchups except the defense. Uh, that could just be poor. Uh, 
game selection when it comes to myself, but usually those are really hard slobber knocker type games uh, when it comes to the Steelers and Ravens. So I'll probably avoid uh, Lamar Jackson and Roethlisberger uh, when it comes to this week. Jared Goff, I think you could play him at, at Miami. Uh, even last night against the, the Bears, sorry to bring up <laughs> what happened last night, but he's looked decent. Uh, McVay's really kind of moving him around. Uh, he's got guys in, in Cup and, and Woods and you know Everett you know, looking well. The the running back situation is a little, uh, I'm not sure about Malcolm Brown and, and Daryl Henderson. So you would definitely lean more on Goff there at 6,500. Uh, you mentioned Burrow earlier. I do think he's in play again at 6,200. Uh, he's hit the 300 yard mark in all but two games this year. Uh, so he's definitely airing it out. I expect him to be trailing the Titans. Uh, so you can play him at 6,200. And then uh, probably not going to play Baker Mayfield. Uh, he just came off a big game, and it was more of a, a trailing situation, kind of rallied behind him with Beckham getting hurt. So I'll, I'll probably avoid Mayfield, even though he's up against a, a pretty poor uh, Raider secondary. All right. I wanted to t- t- touch on the Tannehill and the Roethlisberger thing that you said. Uh, I like how you said when you think you should zig, you need to zag with Tannehill because it just doesn't seem like one of those games. And if Cincinnati's throwing all the time and throwing all the time and throwing all the time, I, I still think they can exploit that Tennessee defense a little bit. And that seems to be when the Tennessee Titans start to throw the ball all over the field and they have a pretty good passing attack, man. And, and AB is doing really good there. Can I, can I say that a, a new AB is in town? Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. AJ Brown, I'm glad he's healthy. He's looking, he's looking really good. And they also, they'd run a lot of play action uh, down there, the goal line. Cause a lot of teams do zone in on Derrick Henry. You expect him to get the ball when they're in distance. And oftentimes a play action leaves a, a lot of guys open in the end zone. Uh, once you have so many eight, nine-man boxes, expecting Henry to get it. And it seems to be the game script is in the first half, you throw it, throw it, throw it. And the second half, after the defense is a little bit tired, you run it, run it, run it. Absolutely. And I wonder if uh, Vrabel is not uh, – is if, if he's trying to save Derrick Henry's legs for that cold weather situation. And he talked about the Roethlisberger-Baltimore game. I know Ben Roethlisberger looks okay, but, man, it's turned into the – Los Angeles Rams offense in Pittsburgh. And I know they haven't always aired it out. I know, I know he hasn't always thrown the deep ball, but it, it that's all it is. It's a lot of short stuff and it's a lot of gadgetry. It's a lot of, which is maybe what the NFL is going to nowadays, but Ben Roethlisberger hasn't put up that impressive of fantasy numbers. In my opinion, he hasn't, uh, he finally threw the ball more than 40 times again for just the second time this season. But, uh, they're, they've always run a lot on the, the running game, uh, at least, since I've been around, even dating back to the bus, Jerome Bettis type of days uh, with Le'Veon Bell as well. Uh, they were able to air it out a little bit more because, you know, you had Antonio Brown and guys like Emmanuel Sanders was there at one point, Antonio Holmes. Um, they got weapons again now, but uh, again, Roethlisberger's older. He's coming off uh, an elbow surgery himself. Uh, they're, they're leaning more on James Conner and just more, you know, Dinkin and Duncan in a way to, to just keep moving the chains, you know, long extended drives down the field, uh, which so far is suiting them well, I'd say, with their undefeated record. Well, yeah, and they're good at it. They're good at football. Don't get me wrong. Really good at football. Maybe not that great at DFS, especially mm-hmm. at a 6,600 price point. He's only scored over 20 points twice, or I'm sorry, three times, three times in seven games. And he's even put up a stinker or two from a DFS standpoint. So beware of Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Mm-hmm. Here's your guy, Philip Rivers. My friend, Philip Rivers coming in at, <laughs> at 5,900. I picked him up off the waiver wire 
Sunday night, maybe Monday night, I picked him up off the waiver wire. Kyler Murray's on a bye week, and he's been one of my uh, quarterbacks in a lot of different leagues. So I picked up Phillip Rivers, who's available. I also picked up Tua in a couple of leagues just because he was still available. I think people were waiting around for the waiver wire pickup, and I still had some moves left. So, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm, I've already put in waiver wire moves to drop Phillip Rivers. I I think I'm just going to roll with Tua on Sunday and be done with it. Rolling uh, two against the Rams? Did you not? Did you not watch your Bears last night? Did well, you that I, I did. I I know. I, I don't. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm I've, I'm still thinking about things because there's. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm sitting. I, yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Like that Alabama in you is what it sounds like. Cause that's a that's a tough defense to face uh, for a rookie coming in his first game. You got Aaron Donald clogging up the middle. You gotta assume that Rams is gonna fall around Devontae Parker who's going to take away his top weapon. So uh, I'm not sure. I know Rivers hasn't been great. So um, up until last week, he's kind of struggled a bit himself. Uh, but I do expect uh, him to have a better game than Tua personally. I actually do like Rivers. I know Detroit's had a pretty good secondary uh, this year. But coming off a bye, uh, they should be more healthy. I expect Michael Pittman Jr. to be back for the Coats uh, coming up Sunday as well. Uh, hopefully the, the time off let him kind of connect with T.Y. Hilton a little bit more. Um, Marcus Johnson, a guy caught up from the practice squads, actually had a really good connection uh, with Rivers over the last few weeks, and we'll get to him as a value play when we get to receiver. But I like Rivers uh, in a dome, 5,900. This is a pretty high over-under itself uh, for the Colts and and Lions. It's at 50 right now. Um, Indy favored by two and a half. So I think you can play Rivers. Uh, Nick Foles, (sighs) Uh, I I like Nick Foles. I I really do. Um, I think he's an upstanding guy. Uh, Saints again. Their their defense hasn't looked great this year. Uh, I know usually uh, they're they're pretty pumped up. They play well at home. Uh, they got Marshawn Lattimore, who I feel is still a good you know shut down type of corner. Uh, but I can see foes you know kind of having a bounce back game a bit. Uh, he's kind of got Trubisky waiting in the wings. It's kind of flipped a little bit. I feel now uh, where if he continues to struggle, you know they may have to turn back to to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so I think the pressure's on foes to deliver. Fifty eight hundred is not a bad price tag for him. Uh, kind of similar situation with Cam Newton. Uh, he came out, said he knows he can play better. He feels he can play better. Uh, came off a brutal game against the 49ers. Uh, they're going into Buffalo. Uh, he's a pretty good price, 5700 for Cam. Uh, if you can get back to week one, week two, Cam, uh, you're in really good shape at that price. Uh, he's someone I think you can roll the dice with for his price tag at 5700 uh, No. No. Look, I'm writing this down right now. Cam? No. It's okay. not just what bad game against the 49ers. He had a bad game the week before that, too, whoever that was. And I understand it's COVID related. Man, that that just they look terrible. And all all that's happening is they're not allowing Cam to run anymore. Defenses just aren't allowing Cam to run anymore. And the Buffalo Bills aren't going to allow Cam to run anymore. And he cannot throw the ball. Uh, that was one of my concerns coming into this year was that Cam Newton can, couldn't throw the ball because when I saw him in Carolina, he's looking like that Cam Newton that couldn't throw the ball when he was in Carolina. That's that's what I see nowadays. So. I, I get that, um, but Cam doesn't have to throw the ball to be successful in fantasy. Uh, you said the week before he, he had 20 points still uh, against uh, Denver, against the Broncos. Uh, the Patriots only scored 12 uh, but one of those was a, a rushing touchdown that he had, and he had 76 yards on top of that. He had 20 points, uh, which at his price tag is going to be, you know, almost four times uh, value when you're only looking for three. Uh, so if he can, you know, quarterback sneak a couple times and, you know, a couple draws and here or there when it comes to his running game, he can actually pay off that price tag pretty easily, I feel. 
Yeah, I'm looking at Stidham right now for this team right here is what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Now, I hear what you're saying, and Nick Foles is on a slippery slope. That coach, Nagy, is – oh, boy. That seat is starting <laughs> to get really hot there in Chicago, my friend. You're, it's all tying together this year, isn't it, with you and me making a friendship this year? and We're in Indianapolis. I'm a Chicago guy, and – and Chuck Pagano sitting there right there in the defensive thing. You know, he's not trying to push him out of there, but it's at the same time, you know that that Nagy's seat has got to be getting really hot. All right, so you mentioned Tua Tagovailoa, and you're not real positive on him against the Rams. I'm just going to remind you that everybody learned Tua's name. In a national championship game after halftime, when Alabama hadn't scored any points at all in that national championship, and then all of a sudden they were amazed at this freshman quarterback named Tua Tagovailoa that we all had known about, that we all had lived with, that we all loved starting into the season coming off of the bench. And we knew, we knew it was two a time here in Alabama. And I, well, I kind of agree with you, Pierre, that it might be, (laughs) may not be two a time. And against the Rams. You know, I had to agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going back down that national championship. I had, if you go back and watch that national championship, just the overtime, yeah. watch his throw. The throw is weird, and and that he hit, and I, I almost want to say he hit Calvin Ridley on that. I could be wrong. He hit one of those Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy's. He hit one of those guys. Yeah. Get from and, there. <laughs> the way he threw that ball, he threw it so far after getting spun. And I mean, it was, I thought it was, I thought the game was over when he was, I thought he was getting sacked and I thought the, the game was over just about. And he, he threw that ball and my eyes, I couldn't figure out for weeks as I watched that play over and over again, several times on different highlights, what was going on with that ball. And my eyes, he had thrown it so far, kept looking up in the stands up in the stands looking for the ball as they showed that sideline shot. And I never saw it because it didn't go up in the stands. It was a straight line to that guy. I'd never seen anybody throw a ball like that before. It it, it just amazed me. That's awesome. And he has an arm. I'm I'm hoping he does well. I just don't like the matchup uh, with the Rams, but I mean, crazier things can happen. Yeah, well, and and that was my Tua moment. I'm sorry. Thank you all for bearing with me on this Tua moment right now, sponsored by Tua Tagovailoa himself. So let's just jump down to Derek Carr then. He's at 5,500, and we'll just take it all the way through the rest of these guys. Yeah, so these next three are actually all in play. Uh, Good value when it comes to the Carr, who I mentioned earlier in that that Browns game. I I feel like they'll they'll potentially have a shootout there, depending on how that goes. Right now, the forecast calls for about 50% chance of rain. Uh, 24 degrees if that's the case then you, you probably want to be off car so i definitely watch the weather uh, as we get closer to the the weekend in here on sunday uh jimmy garoppolo again in play uh big time score there i know we're kind of on the fence right now about whether that over under is going to be legit um that's something else to watch so i know i just said watch the weather uh leading up to the weekend but also watch the the over unders um a lot of sports books uh, we'll actually, you know, have a, an update of where it opened and just kind of continue to follow it uh, to where it is once Sunday morning hits. If it does continue to get lower, then perhaps get off this game. But if it stays steady at 54, uh, Garoppolo at 5,400 himself uh, could definitely be in play there against that Seahawks secondary. And then you mentioned Drew Locke. Um, I agree this could definitely be a potential shootout. Uh, Chargers 29th ranked defense against the pass. Uh, coming off a, a pretty poor loss and outing against the Chiefs, I can see Drew Locke definitely bouncing back against the Chargers. Boy, you can do a lot of damage with him at 5,300 this uh, this week. Or isn't that, yeah, 5,300. Uh, you, can, you can put in a lot of players surrounding him. All right, let's jump over to those wide receivers. 
here. And we, it starts off with Devontae Adams and rightfully slow against going against that 29th ranked Minnesota Viking defense at 8,800 against the pass anyway. At 8,800 is where we begin with him. Nobody else hits that 8,000 price range this week, probably because DK Metcalf had that. Had, had that bad game last week, but let's go all the way down there to our 7,000 range with Allen Robinson. Yeah, again, I, I do like Devontae Adams at 8,800. Uh, he's pretty much the, the BY receiving core uh, for the Packers. You look last week, and he had 13 receptions. Uh, second was Jamal Williams, the running back at four. Uh, so he's definitely the the one that Rodgers is, is locking in on. Uh, 16 targets last week as well. Big week one against the Vikings, so I say go ahead and pay up. Uh, for Devontae Adams. Uh, I do think it could be DK Metcalf week uh, this week. Uh, so last week, um, I was actually off of him myself, and I said to, to play Lockett just because I expected Patrick Peterson uh, to shadow DK Metcalf. And even though he's older, uh, he's still a really serviceable cornerback. And uh, he held his own against DK Metcalf while Lockett actually got the other Peterson uh, uh, on the other end. I think it's Kevin as well as uh, Drake Kirkpatrick, who. I just felt bad for at the end of the game because he was getting picked on so bad. And, and Lockett had his big game. So I do think it's DK week at 7,500. Uh, watch Michael Thomas. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, just injuries, fights, injuries. Uh, you've had rumors that, you know, he may be traded, which I, I don't believe will happen. But uh, you still got to watch him. If he if he plays, uh, you still really got to consider playing him at 7,300. Uh, he's he's definitely worth the price tag if he's healthy. I'm not sure he's healthy. I'm not sure he plays. Uh, so hopefully he, he doesn't just so we don't have to make that decision uh, against your Bears. But he, it's just a situation to keep an eye on. Not going to play Thielen or Lockett this week. Uh, Allen Robinson currently has the, the questionable tag. Um, I know he – I believe he – I don't know what happened. It was late in the game. Uh, I believe he left under his own power. But uh, he definitely had a limp. Uh, there at the end of the game last night. So that's something to watch. I probably wouldn't play him either. Again, I like Marshawn Lattimore, the, the corner for the Saints. Uh, so I don't think you'll be playing him at 7K either. So in this range, it's pretty much Metcalf or Devontae Adams for me. I would agree with you. I, the rest of them are are scary at best. They are a Halloween special because they are scary at best. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about A.J. Brown, and, and he's just been playing lights out. So far this year, every opportunity he has, I think that opportunity is going to present itself to him again this week, especially in that first half, uh, 6,900. And I think we can go all the way down to the 6,000 range with uh, Debo Samuel, who is who is out. He is out right now. Wow, D- uh, that changed uh, just recently for me anyway. Yeah, Debo uh, hurt his hamstring. He's, he's supposed to miss, I believe, the next two games at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, that actually played out the way I thought it would, not with him getting hurt, but just with Belichick really trying to take away him um, and Kittle, uh, which I spoke to, which did open up for for Brandon Ayuk uh, to have a pretty good game last week. And he'll probably be in play once we get to his price range in this current price range. So I do like A.J. Brown again at 6,900. I, I, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be the Derrick Henry game. So if you think it's going to be a Tannehill game, A.J. Brown's probably going to be his main target. Uh, for you to to really pounce on there at 6,900. Not playing Stefan Diggs this week. Uh, He'll be shadowed by Stefan Gilmore, um, who's another one of those top cornerbacks. I don't always avoid, you know, cornerbacks like that, but Stefan Gilmore is definitely one I I try to avoid. So probably no Diggs for me this week. We'll be playing some Tyreek Hill a bit at at 6,700. He's still, you know, he's been around this price range for a few weeks now. Uh, He's been getting touchdowns. He's got touchdowns in all but two games so far this year. Uh, for the Chiefs, 
34 point total for the the Chiefs again against the Jets. So I think you could play Tyreek Hill at 6700. Uh, Kenny Galladay not really getting the the receptions and, and targets that I thought he would. Uh, still, he only had seven and you know targets last week for six catches, 114. A couple of those some pretty big plays there against a pretty poor Falcon secondary. I feel like the Coats have a, a better secondary and. He only came down $100, so I'm not sure I'm going to play Galladay, but he is clearly the top guy for Stafford, so he's someone you could potentially play at $6,600. That Tyler Boyd price tag jumped (laughs) $1,200 after his big game against the Browns. Uh, He had 11 catches, 101, a touchdown on 13 targets. I don't think I can pay that price tag for him at 6,600. Even against the poor Titans secondary, I think you'll probably want to go a cheaper route with a, a Higgins or A.J. Green when we get there. Uh, versus Boyd at 66. Uh, not going to play Jefferson. Uh, probably going to avoid both of the the, the Rams guys, um, but probably the the lock um, at receiver is going to be Keenan Allen. Uh, I know you said you you love Herbert and, and rightfully so with the way he's playing and his targets definitely Keenan Allen. Uh, you look at the season so far, he's got eight, ten, nineteen, eleven, uh, thirteen targets outside of the two where he got hurt. Um, so he's definitely a target monster uh, when it comes to Justin Herbert. His price didn't didn't budge. Uh, he had 10 catches, 125 yards, and his price did not budge on DraftKings at 6,200. Uh, I expect him to, to probably be one of the higher owned, if not the highest owned receivers uh, when it comes to DraftKings here on Sunday. I would agree with you. You already discussed staying away from all Pittsburgh and Baltimore receivers here. I I love your Keenan Allen take, that's for sure. And I was going to say that about KG, uh, Kenny Galladay, before you ever did. Uh, He's not getting the targets to be able to pay off that 6,600 price range right now. And the, the passes that are thrown to him, he has to make incredible catches on those passes. It, it's it's one of those things where it's all athleticism. It doesn't. It, it seems to be a struggle, and I don't know. I don't know if it's not him. If it's him not being able to get open. If it's Stafford not putting the ball in the right place. I wasn't able to decipher that yet. Uh, but but something's going on there. Where and this is a contract year. This is a contract year. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, it could be back. He's had a lot of back issues, so perhaps it's just lingering. I'm not sure. Uh, Georgia guy. Um, so I thought he'd actually have a pretty big game returning there to Atlanta uh, for the first time, I believe. And it just wasn't there. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on there with Stafford, to be honest. My guide starts us off. Jamison Crowder at 5,800. I think we can go down here just a little bit. I don't know. You said Cole Beasley last week, and Cole Beasley had a huge game for Buffalo last week at 5,300. Let's just talk about this little grouping. Yeah, so uh, Crowder's got a groin, uh, so that's one uh, to watch. Uh, if he's out again, there's some some value for the Jets if you you feel like they're going to be behind against the Chiefs and they'll probably have to throw the ball. Um, if he's in, he's definitely someone you could can look at if you're going to do a run back uh, with some Chiefs, if that's who you decide to stack. Um, but I just mentioned uh, Brandon Ayuk, uh, 5,800, uh, number one receiver if you exclude tight end George Kittle uh, there this week for the, the 49ers. Going up against the poor Seattle Hawks secondary. Uh, had six for 115 on seven targets. Uh, last week against the Patriots. So you could look for, for Ioc to have another big game here uh, against Seattle. Uh, T. Higgins, I mentioned him kind of coming at a discounted price uh, compared to, to Tyler Boyd. I think he's playable there at 5,600. Uh, only got five targets last week uh, after having eight, eight, seven, and nine, but he caught all five uh, for 71 and a touchdown. So I like T. Higgins. Jarvis Landry is a situation you're going to want to watch. I'm not sure his target share is really going to go up even with Beckham out. 
Um, I feel like they have some serviceable guys there on the outside uh, while Landry's in the slot. So not sure I'm going to play Landry there at 5,600. Going to avoid the the Pittsburgh guys. Uh, Beasley could have a another solid game. Uh, the only reason I was on him is you, we both were kind of discussing uh, John Brown uh, last week and how he was droppable for you, uh, had the knee injury, and you were on Gabriel Davis. And I just felt like Beasley was more of a secure weapon uh, when it comes um, security blanket uh, when it came to Josh Allen. It kind of showed what the 11 um, and 112, and I feel like he could definitely be someone. Uh, that can kind of have that kind of stat line again because Gilmore is going to be following around Stephen Diggs, uh, which is going to basically leave Beasley just running across the middle of the field. Uh, so him at 53 is kind of high price for Beasley, but he, he could definitely be in play. As he's probably going to be one of the main options uh, for Allen. Uh, going down, so T.Y. Hilton, uh, that's my guy. I hate that he's not having the season I thought he would have, but I still feel like um, he has it. Watching the, the coach each week, um, he's still crisp on his routes. He's still getting separation at times. Uh, there's just a connection missing with him and Rivers. Coming off a bye, hopefully they fix that up. Uh, he's going up against the, the Lions' 25th-ranked uh, passing defense, so hopefully Hilton can get going at 4,900 there as well. I could I could see that. And Cole Beasley reminds me of a smaller version of the uh, of the Buffalo Bills tight ends. Okay, <laughs> that, I mean, that's just where yeah, he kind of – plays you know that's that's where he, that's where he is and I could see what you're saying and last week against New England they had a real tough time uh, guarding all those uh, different uh, misdirection plays mm-hmm. and that's kind of what Cole Beasley seems to really get in Buffalo is those mixed direction plays they look like they're going one way and Cole Beasley's open the other way so maybe that would be something that you can key in on again this week and I like what you're saying about T.Y. Hilton uh it's got to change. It's, and and here's something I've I've thought of, and it may not always be true. What's that? In in fantasy sports, players get their stats. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like if somebody starts out cold, they usually end up real hot. Or if they start out real hot, they kind of finish real cold. And I, I think it's probably more schedule dependent than what I'm giving it credit for. But T.Y. Hilton, he's due more points, right? And you tell me all the time you want to get out ahead of that mm-hmm. instead of getting behind it. And he is due more points, period. And it's coming off of a bye week. It was a get-right situation. Phillip Rivers was getting a little bit hotter there before the break, at least that last game. We really could see it turn around just a little bit for T.Y. Hilton. I'm, I'm, I'm scared to play him in all kinds of lineups or very <laughs> important lineups, but <laughs> I, I think you definitely got to squeeze him in a couple. Well, yeah, and he he's indoors. You know, they're they're there in Detroit and Fort Field, so they're indoors, which is where he excels. Forty nine hundred's a good price. I mean, it's probably the cheapest you'll see. Uh, Ty Hilton. He was there, racked his price tag against Cleveland outside um, in Week Five, got twelve points, which wasn't the best, but he had ten targets that game. Um, again, I I watched the coach being a fan of theirs, and it's one thing if it was like a Des Bryant situation where he he wasn't getting separation. Um, from his defenders and things along those lines, where that's not the case. He's still getting separation. There's been a couple drops. Um, I even though last week he had a touchdown taken away from him on a penalty, uh, he had another big bomb earlier in the year where the, the sun, because they had the roof open, got in his eyes. And so, I mean, the separation, the, the route running, all that's still there. So he's still talented. It just comes down to now if he can get the connection with his new quarterback. 
Henry Ruggs is going against that Cleveland Brown defense, and he's at 4,900. Last week, the Cincinnati Bengals threw it all over the place, and I don't know why Las Vegas won't be able to do the same thing. And, and Pee Wee, I think we could just take it all the way down through the rest of these guys if you want to highlight some of these guys that you really like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, probably won't play Ruggs. Uh, he is boomer bust, so it could definitely be a boom week. Um, as you stated, Bengals had a pretty big day uh, through the air, so it's quite possible that this could be the same thing for the Raiders. Um, again, I just don't like the the rain situation necessarily um, with, when it comes to the weather, especially uh, for one like Ruggs, who's more reliant on his speed and, and deep balls and things along those lines when it comes to, to that. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, he's actually catching balls uh, for the Raiders. I'm sure that's kind of rubbing the, the Eagles fans the wrong way as he dropped everything while he's in Philadelphia. But uh, he's catching balls out there. He's had a 14, 14, and 24 uh, points. So if there's going to be a, a Raiders receiver, um, I actually like two. So I, I like uh, Nelson Aguilar at 4,700. And then Hunter Winfro, I actually think he's a pretty sneaky play all the way down at 3,800 for the Raiders this week. Uh, so if you're going to get away from Waller, Darren Waller, who we'll talk about when we get to tight end, I think Aguilar and then Winfro um, are the two that you'll want to potentially pair with with um, Derek Carr if you decide to go with the Raiders situation. Uh, do like A.J. Green. Uh, again, 4,500. He, he's starting to kind of get a flow. 13 targets again last week, seven catches, 82 yards. Uh, came close on a couple scores himself. Uh, which will put him up in the 20-point the mark, uh, which is really, really good value uh, for a 4,500 price range. So I do like him as well, uh, jumping on down a bit. Uh, so Kendrick Bourne, it's tough, but we just talked about the the injuries that the, the 49ers have, how bad the, the Seahawks secondary is. Many are going to be playing Brandon Ayak at 5,800. Uh, but another beneficiary to this is going to be Kendrick Bourne at 3,500. Uh, he kind of steps in in those rows uh, when they have the injured wide receivers, he's capable of putting up double-digit games uh, at 3,500. He's close to the the minimum salary, uh, so he could definitely you know pay that price tag off with a touchdown um, or anything along those lines with a handful of catches really um, and some yardage for Kendrick Boyne there at 3,500. And then I was talking about the Coats, and uh, one guy that's really impressed me has been Marcus Johnson, and he's at the dead men uh, when it comes to salary this week, uh, 3K. He's actually looked like he's gotten the, the best connection uh, outside of the, the tight ends with Rivers uh, so far this year. Uh, last week, five catches. Well, last week, the week before the bye, he had five catches for 108 yards. Uh, he's kind of been the, the deep threat uh, that the Colts have been using as well. Um, even with Pittman back, I can see them having Marcus Johnson in there to, to really stretch the field. Uh, so if you're looking for someone to punt, uh, basically at the very minimum salary so you can jam in other studs, uh, Marcus Johnson at 3K uh, could definitely be in play. Ooh, I was going to ask you about him, actually, because when I sat there and thought about it, Ayuk doesn't do those gadgetry plays that Debo does, you know? And I, and I think that that Bourne was kind of the second guy in line behind uh, Samuel Debo to be able to do that. And and so that's what I was going to ask you about, because that just seems to be what their flow of their offense is. And especially... 
I, I, that running back situation, and we'll get to that at the end, very end of the show, it just frustrates me, man. I don't know what to do with their running backs, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. I ended up dropping McKinnon. I just, I mean, I, and, and I don't believe all the coach speak, and here I am going down that rabbit trail right now, and I'm I guess I'm frustrated again. You're getting me all fired up, Pee Wee. You didn't even say a thing. Only, you didn't say only, anything. The only other two uh, receivers before we move on would be the, the Brown situation. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one you're, you're kind of going to want to – monitor uh but if you want to get out in front of that um i know you mentioned him last week uh richard hendrick richard higgins uh had a good game with so good call he had six catches 110 um i know we couldn't predict the the whole beckham injury but he was kind of trending up uh, at least when it comes to, to touchdowns uh this year so he could be a guy at 4200 to to play there as well as uh donovan peoples jones uh rookie out of michigan uh had a really nice uh toe drag for a touchdown uh, last week in that Bengals game as well. Um, you got to expect these guys are going to get more targets, more action with no Beckham. Uh, he's coming in at 3,800 as well. Uh, so those are a couple plays from the Browns uh, that you can consider as well. All right. I like, the, I like the cheap ones. That's what always gets me in trouble. I, I like the cheap ones. That's what got me in trouble in high school too with the ladies. Um, oh boy. <laughs> Not touching that one. <laughs> that's what I should have said. All right. Uh, I'm just letting it sit there for a second. All right, so we got, we, got my water tight, out. <laughs> we got the tight end situation going on here. Uh, that's uh, that was a horrible segue from the cheapness <laughs> girls not touching it to tight ends. We just, uh, that's horrible. I thought I was professional. You're lining uh, them up and knocking them down tonight. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> you're lining them up and knocking them down. <laughs> Don't say it again. That's <laughs> I heard you the first time. I this is a this is a family show. <laughs> All right, the uh, tight end situation here. George Kittle, who I expect a huge game out of in Seattle. I know that Seattle defense is what the Seattle defense is, but with all those injuries, if the passing game is going to be what it is, if that game total is going to be what it is, there can only be one source for Garoppolo to go to, and that would have to be George Kittle. But he is at 7,000 Wee. Is he going to be able to pay that off on Sunday? He could. Um, that's a really big price tag. Uh, again, he's he's technically going to be a, a wide receiver one uh, for the the Forty Niners. Um, he's he's only really, I don't know. It's going to be tough because the, the the Seahawks have been pretty good against the tight end so far uh, this year. Uh, Kittle's obviously a, a step above most tight ends that you're going to see. Uh, him and Kelsey are really one A and one B uh, when it comes to the tight end situation. So that's going to be. More of a tournament play because he could he could definitely pay it off. I don't expect him to be too high owned. Um, as many folks don't like to to pay up for tight end at all uh, when it comes to to DraftKings or DFS in general. Um, so he could be a tournament play at seven K. It's probably not someone I'll be able to afford, uh, but he's definitely in play there at seven K even at that price tag. You know that that this if, if, this doesn't seem right. I I typed in standings in NFL and I, this is this can't be right, is it? Because the the Seahawks, it says the Seahawks are five and zero. Oh. That's not true. No, they are five and one now after the overtime loss to the Cardinals. Yeah, so then that makes the Forty ers probably four and three for some reason. This one's not up. That's not updated. Uh, the, the Eagles are two four and one though. No, they're three. I don't know what's going on here. We'll uh, just ignore this whole little little section. Uh, but I thought it was. I wanted to see what the records were between San Francisco and Seattle because this is almost more of a San Francisco must win game. I'm not going to say must win at this point, but it's we're at the halfway point of the season, right? And yeah, 
They'll be back and, at 500 if they, they drop this one. So that's definitely something to monitor. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that I'm thinking of how how much are they going to go after this game, and I think that they're going to go after it quite hard with George Kittle. Uh, so we got Kelsey there at 6600, but let's let's just go. You're not going to touch Mark Mark Andrews. You already said that at 5800 in this game. Although it seems like that's kind of what a good price would be for Mark Andrews if you're ever going to play him. I mean, it's a it's a good price for him. Again, uh, the Steelers defense is just one I don't. I don't recommend picking on. They they really held Johnny Smith in check. I don't know if that's because of his injuries, but he really did nothing. Uh, you, you probably want one of the receivers if you're going to play um, any of the, the Ravens at all. And, I mean, Hollywood Brown would probably be the only receiver you want to play. I know they just signed Des Bryant. I don't know why, um, but he was signed to the practice squad today. Um, he, he probably obviously won't be ready to, to play anytime soon. Uh, but I don't like Andrews against the, the Steelers. They got really good linebackers, quick linebackers. I don't see him getting separation. It's possible he could get a couple of cheap uh, touchdowns there in the red zone, uh, but I'm just probably not going to pay him, even though I do like that price tag at 5800 <clears throat> It'd be more towards uh, Waller, um, who I mentioned a bit earlier. like his price at 5600 uh, going up against the Browns, who are 28th uh, against the tight end this year. Uh, pretty much the, the the main target, I feel, for, for Derek Carr. Uh, he's got nine, seven, eleven, you know, sixteen, eight. So he he's getting peppered with targets there. Fifty six hundred, really good price tag for him. Um, in a game that could be high over under as well, just depending on how that weather situation turns out. Um, after that, I don't really like much um, <laughs> at tight ends in this next range. If we're being honest, uh, potentially Jimmy Graham um, there against the Saints. A little revenge factor with the the mm-hmm. Saints really being his coming out party. Uh, they've struggled against the tight end themselves this year. Uh, so he's going up against the 29th ranked defense when it comes to tight end. So uh, potentially Jimmy Graham at 46. I prefer his teammate if they'd ever, you know, play him and throw in the ball. Co-commit uh, out of Notre Dame. I'm not sure why the, the Bears hate him and just won't, you know, give him action. I thought last night was going to be the case. They opened up with a couple big plays to him. I'm like, it's finally Co-commit season. Uh, and that was pretty much it. It stopped. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, Demetrius Harris uh, so far this season has more targets than Cole Komet, which is just baffling to me. So, again, it's Matt Nagy, but not to get on, <laughs> get on another rant myself there uh, for Cole Komet not being used. Uh, going down, Jared Cook uh, coming back in that game at 4,400. If you're expecting to, to not have Michael Thomas again, if Emmanuel Sanders is still out for the, the COVID-19 you could definitely play Jarrett Cook there at 4,400 against your Bears. You saw Jared Everett uh, get in the end zone last night, and I want to say it was Tunk uh, or Munt. Uh, Munt, uh, also the, the third string tight end for the Rams, had a pretty decent day as well. Uh, you get down to Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, probably the range where I'm going to start to to really get to, to my DFS lineups. Uh, Johnny Smith is probably going to be the, the first one um, down in this range that I'm going to look at. Uh, coming off two poor games in a row, coming off of the injury that he had, uh, if he's not seriously injured, I'm going to try to dig in the news uh, to see that case. But if he's actually healthy um, against the, the last ranked defense against tight ends, I think this could be Johnny Week at 4,100 for sure. And that may be the direction everybody goes to. I think Waller's going to be very popular, and John New is going to be very popular as well. I, I do like your Jimmy Graham pick uh, just because it's going to New Orleans. That seems like one that, I don't know, the fans sitting on the sofa when they play out their DFS lineups, they're just not going to take them very much. But mm-hmm. uh, maybe us analysts, as you would call them, our professional analysts, <laughs> might be able to remember that that's a revenge game and really want to take advantage <laughs> of something like that. I, mm-hmm. I hope I hope that's what Nagy does. 
I can't figure out Nagy either, and I don't think Nagy knows what he wants to do. I, 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 I don't oh, who know. knows what he wants to do. He wants to give the ball to Cordero Patterson as much <laughs> as possible. Apparently, right. yeah. don't, don't start. Don't get me started, Pierre. His whole his whole season is ended. <laughs> watch, watch. He'll be saying the whole season's shot because Tariq Cohen's injured now. You know, I mean that's yeah. that's what it's gonna start. <laughs> We're gonna hear the Tariq Cohen stuff. Now he's a he's a decent dude, man. It's just I don't I don't know if he can get out of his own way. All right, so Njoku he scored a touchdown last week for Cleveland. Every tight end scored a touchdown last week for Cleveland. I didn't even know it was tight end. What was it? Tight end Sunday. What was the day? Tight end day last yeah, week. Apparently, National Tight End Day. Let's let's have one every week so we don't have to look at these tight ends and go, I don't know who I want. What about your guy, Trey Burton, though, who before the bye week, he was really setting the woods on fire. Yeah, I like I like Trey Burton a lot this week as well. Thirty five hundred. Uh, you do want to kind of monitor the, the Mo Alley-Cox situation uh, to see if he's back in practice. Uh, he's had a knee, um, but coming off a of bye, he could be ready. Um, and if he is, that kind of muddies up the, the coach tight end situation a little bit more. Because uh, now you got a three-headed monster with Mo Alley Cox, Trey Burton, and Jack Doyle. Um, so pay attention to the Mo Alley Cox news. Uh, if he is in, uh, it could be a little tougher for for Trey Burton to to kind of go off like he did uh, week six when he was the the chalk. Um, the, the Cleveland situation is definitely one to monitor. I know uh, Austin Hooper missed uh, last week due to the appendix surgery. Uh, it's kind of up in the air if he's going to be available. Um, against the Raiders come Sunday. Uh, if not, you did mention a Joku who he did get in the end zone and it kind of saved his day um, because actually uh, Harrison Bryant uh, yeah. kind of had his little coming out party uh, last week. He was the men's salary for tight ends at 2,500. Uh, had four uh, four catches, 56 yards, and, and two touchdowns on five targets. Uh, he's big, big tight end coming out. I want to say, I can't remember where he was from. I want to say it was Dayton, but I think I might have that mixed up. I'll look that up here in a bit. Uh, but Harrison Bryant definitely is someone to keep an eye on as well um, at 3,200 because it wasn't just uh, the David and Joku show like we thought it was going to be. Uh, so pay attention for Bryant there. Um, going down. Uh, what about Albert O in Denver? He's been coming on pretty strong, and I think Font has got still a little ankle injury. It didn't seem like he came out really as hard as he has in, in the in the in past. And, of course, like we talked about already, this Charger-Denver game could be a sneaky one. So potentially, um, I do think Font's the, the main guy. And, you know, he came out and he stated that he played poorly, uh, didn't want the, the injury to really cloudy up things. Um, I know that, that Drew Locke went to Missouri uh, with Albert, and I'm not sure how to pronounce that last name either, but uh, uh, they, they do have a connection there at Missouri. But his hands haven't looked too great. Um, he caught all of them last week, but that week against New England, he had a few drops in that game as well. 2800 is a good price range. If you do feel like that, that connection is going to continue, um, then you could definitely, you know, take a chance at him, uh, take a chance on him at 2800. Uh, but I personally expect Faint to, to start to get back involved um, in the offense, especially coming off a loss um, in a game where he only had, what, three catches out of his seven targets. He converts a little bit more of those. That would probably take away uh, from Alberto. Did you see about my guy Vance McDonald last week? Vance McDonald, your guy. It was tight ends, right? Yeah, it was tight ends. Did you see what he did? What did he do? He, he got a quarter of a point for every block that he made on the defensive <laughs> end is what he got. He had two targets, I, man. Two targets, two catches, 14 yards, lit the woods on fire. You didn't see that coming. See, I that's did. what I'm well, here for. 
<laughs> well, every time I was watching it, it was like Deontay Johnson or Ebron. So I was like, did I miss something with Vance Johnson? <laughs> nope, sure didn't. <laughs> oh, no, no. They're setting it up for Nagy to take over as head coach there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah you right. got me. You, all you're doing is, because see, as I scroll through here, I'm looking at people, and I, I, I keep seeing all these Bears tight ends. They got 50 of them. Right. They got 50 of them and he wants to spread the ball out to all 50 of them instead of spreading it out to players. I just I don't know. never mind. Uh, you know what? One thing I was wondering about with uh, Tua, a lot of times those quarterbacks come in in their first game. And what you got to do is you got to think about who were their targets on the practice squad. You know, who were yeah. they throwing the ball to on the sidelines? Who were the people that they were connecting with and they might connect with in the game? To me, and I know we skipped over them a little bit, Isaiah Ford might be one of those games. And they're going up against the Rams, so this is really a tough a tough thing to call. And I wouldn't say that you got to put them against their, any of these guys in there with the Rams. I'm just trying to put some people on the radar. But uh, Adam Shaheen might be one of those guys, too. And I know we don't hear that name a lot because uh, Jacecki's in there. Adam Shaheen caught a touchdown earlier this year, I believe, for the Miami Dolphins. And it's just one of those names that I see. And I used to be a Bear guy, very, very athletic as a as a tight end. And and if that's the connection that Tua has, I'm just trying to figure out the connection. That's all I'm doing. I've done a little bit of research, and Ford seems to be maybe that guy. But uh, other than that, I couldn't find anybody else. Yeah, he could be worth a dart. Um, pretty good game uh, against the the Jets before the bye. What three catches, fifty one, and a touchdown. I do remember him having a, a couple pretty solid games with the Bears. Uh, so he's definitely someone you could take a chance on. And even if those guys like don't do much, you don't need a lot from those players at, at twenty five hundred. You get six, seven, eight points. That's perfectly fine because that's going to open up just salary. Um, for you to get some really big-time players. And those big-time players pay off like uh, the Devontae Adams, the Tyler Lockett's did, you know, last week, then it's going to make up for that 2,500 salary guy that you have. Yeah, and that that would be – it'd be – It'd be fun to be right once on this show. I, I, you right I know. I'm, I, I, know. I give myself – I give myself a hard time. I, I, I hope that I hope the listeners enjoy it. I, I'm really kind of smiling as I say that, though, Pee Wee. You know, I, I'm enjoying myself. Oh, Flacco, you need to give yourself a hard time. <laughs> that was fun, though. Hey, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the DFS Dreamer podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, where we break down all these DFS games a little bit early in the week for you. So you got to take some of this news with a grain of salt because a lot of things change in the year 2020 in the NFL season uh, this year. But we like to put it out there so we can start marinating. Right, we got to get our minds marinating on the DFS slate, the DraftKings slate, and you can follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. That's where everybody's names are listed, or all their Twitter handles are listed there in the bio. And don't forget to follow my guy at uh, Pierre at Peewee31 on Twitter, and he likes to answer all those questions on Sunday mornings, even going up before then. If you got some tough decisions to make, you send them over his way. He will give you the top secrets that he gives his wife on Sunday mornings on the drive home before she feels out our DraftKings slate. And don't forget to follow me at Loafinit on Twitter as well. And listen, head over to Anchor FM. Somehow, someway, people are starting to like the show on there. I don't know if there's a like button. Whenever I log into Anchor FM, Peewee, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm the owner or user or something, whatever they want to call me. I don't know what they're calling me on that one. And so yeah. I don't get to see the same things that the listener sees. And if I try to log out of there, what I'm scared of is I'll never be able to log back in. Okay? <laughs> so... 
So I can't log out. I think you can like the show there. I know there's a little microphone where you can actually give some comments. You can give some concerns or whatever you want to do. You can put that on there and we can hear that. I, I can see that as a as a owner, host, whatever I am on the Anchor FM app. But whatever platform you like listening to the show on, you can subscribe to the show there. If it happens to be on iTunes, make sure you slap those stars around for us. You can leave a review on there. And we really do appreciate this. Uh, Pierre, I, I think I told you maybe before the show. We plan on doing some things to thank the listeners uh, down the road here as we head into the holiday season. I want to make sure I thank all the listeners. So we'll be doing some contests, some DFS contests, where you can win some prizes from us. And and hopefully you will be amused by those prizes as much as we are amused by doing this show for you. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And if you listen to the show and you do find some success uh, with some of the advice that we're given, whether that's just fading everything I say and not doing anything I say, that's fine. Just, just you know, let me know. Let me know because I'd love to hear that because I like the – what they call that? Self-deprecating humor? I like yeah, that a little bit. There you go. All right. We got defenses next. That's how we roll here. And, and I like to roll all the way to the bottom with my New York Jets 2000. All right. Why can't the Jets be free? What, hap- what would happen – if they made the Jets a free defense this week, would anybody take them? I think so. Um, all they got to do is get a couple points and you get value. So I'm wouldn't sure you be scared they get negative? Wouldn't you be scared they'd get negative points? Potentially, but I mean, just look last week. They were 2K last week and they got five uh, against the Bills. Um, I know the, the Chiefs are a different beast, uh, but I mean, just a couple of sacks or a tipped ball that leads to an interception, anything like that could can easily pay that off. I'm, 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 I will send a DraftKings a uh, Twitter thing, a, a little DM, or I, I, no, I'll just do it. I'll publicly do it. Let's put the Jets as, as, at zero and see if anybody takes them. I think that would be quite amusing. Uh, so I don't see anybody down here really though at the bottom that I'd want to pay up for. Um, that I or I say pay up for. This is really a pay down situation. The only one, Pee Wee, that I look at and I go maybe, maybe would be the Detroit Lions going against your Indianapolis Colts. And they're at, whoa, whoa. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. They're at 2,500. Phillip Rivers, he likes to throw touchdowns with the other team as well. He, he's a generous guy. He likes, to, he likes to throw it their way as well. So I look at that and I go, well, maybe the uh, Detroit Lions at 2,500 might be a good play. But at the same time, coming off a of bye week, I would hope Indianapolis is a little bit better prepared than what they have been in the past. Yeah, so I know I poke fun, but I, I agree. Uh, twenty five hundred for the Lions um, isn't isn't a bad price at all, uh, given the fact that that Rivers is known to to throw a pick six or two um, in his day. Uh, and really, this price range paid off last week. You you kind of mentioned it first uh, with the Washington Football Team against the Cowboys. Uh, they got seventeen points at twenty five hundred. So if you can find a defense like that in that good of a spot at that price, um, it really opens up things. Uh, I don't mind the the Dolphins at, at 2,400 as well, uh, right below. They played pretty well, um, double-digit points uh, in three out of their last four games uh, against Jacksonville, granted, and then the, the, the 49ers and the Jets. Uh, they've had 12, 12, and 15 points. Uh, you just saw, you know, that the Rams, I mean, they don't look great to me. Um, they got all wins over the NFC East up until uh, last night. Uh, against your Bears, sorry again to repeat that, but they just don't look great um, on offense to myself. Um, so I can see the the Dolphins being able to to get some points. You don't need a bunch out of twenty four hundred, so you can definitely get points there. Uh, also in this range, uh, no, that's Thursday night. I was gonna say I really like the other Panthers, but that's a Thursday night game. So uh, definitely Jets. That's the Jets at two K. I wouldn't play them against the, the Chiefs, but it's a dart you could try. 
but the Dolphins at 2,400, Lions at 2,500. If you expect Rivers to, to throw that pick six, uh, Browns, you can look at the Browns too at 2,600. Don't let me forget them. Uh, yeah. The reason I say that is because of the weather. Again, right now it's supposed to be 24 mile an hour winds, 46 degrees, 50% chance of rain. If you got a sloppy game like that um, against Carr, you know, coming in, you know, trip from you know, from out in Vegas, you can definitely take a, a shot at the, the Browns at 2,600 in that weather situation. Ooh. What's the rain here all about? I like doing John Gruden. I like doing John Gruden because <laughs> I, I do a face too. I, I, you can't see the face. Ooh, boy, it's raining here today. I think I'll I'll just coach from the booth this this afternoon like I did over on the Monday Night Football stands. <laughs> I love Chucky. His little scowls crack me up. What in the world are the Raiders doing at twenty nine hundred? There's no way they should be. I know. I know you're talking about the weather, weather, weather. But what, I mean, if I'm going to take one of those two defenses, I'm going with the Browns at twenty six hundred. Such a cheaper price. I, I just can't see why the Raiders are good, are there at twenty nine hundred. I don't know. They've given up thirty plus in yeah. every game but one. I have no idea why DraftKings hasn't priced that way. Um, but sometimes they know more than us. So keep that in mind as well. All right, so as we scroll up here, what about these top defenses? Do we see any of them that really look really, really appealing? I know the Chiefs at 4,500, people are going to love that. They had like 24 or 22 fantasy points last week. I, mm-hmm. I just I just don't see it in the cards this week for some reason. I just, I'm just i silly like that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the Chiefs at 4,500. I probably won't pay that price. Uh, but when you look at the Jets and their, their skill players, they're, they're pretty bad. Uh, they're terrible. Again, they may not have Davis and Crowder. Uh, I feel bad for Sam Darnold. I kind of hope he's traded uh, to get him out of there. And again, I really don't want Trevor Lawrence to end up there either. But, you know, you never know how that situation is going to play out um, with Adam Gase and just that organization in general. But the, the Chiefs at 4,500, uh, I haven't liked the, the Chargers defense at all. I don't get their price um, at 4K against the Broncos, so I wouldn't go there. I do think you can go with the Rams uh, against Tua. Uh, again, they're they're coming into a situation where he's a he's a rookie. He's going to have some nerves, going to have some jitters. Uh, they do have uh, probably the top defensive tackle in the NFL and Aaron Donald, uh, one of the top uh, cornerbacks, and, and Jalen Ramsey as well. Uh, we saw them kind of put on you know 15 points against the Bears last night. Uh, came off a of 12 uh, against the the Washington Football Team week five, 11 against the Giants. So uh, they can definitely score points. Uh, so them at 3800s in play. I think you can play both the Ravens and Steelers. Again, I at least like, you know, the, the defenses when those two teams meet up. Uh, so I think they're both playable at, at 3,600 when it comes to the Steelers. Uh, where are the Ravens at? The Ravens are 37, so they're right by each other as well. Um, the Bills, uh, potentially, uh, Cam Newton's played poorly. Uh, so you could see the Bills have a decent game, uh, depending on what Cam shows up. Um, then I probably like my coats um, again, 3,100 coming off a bye. Uh, should get Darius Leonard back. Uh, he missed the last two games. Uh, if you can get him back, uh, all pro linebacker to, to kind of add on uh, to what you had up front with, with Buckner and, and Justin Houston. Uh, I really like the coats against Stafford, who, as you said, hasn't really looked great. Had some poor throws uh, at 3,100. Do you ever see those kids and, and adults too, I guess, at carnivals or fairs or anything like that? And they they run around in those big hamster wheels, like the big bubbles. You know what I'm talking about? And they mash yeah. into each other. Yeah. Do you think Tua could throw a football in one of those things? <laughs> because I I am. I mean, I, I like Tua a lot. But going against that Rams defense really does scare me. I would like to see him in one of those big old bubbles. 
<laughs> I don't get why they made that move again, not just because of the way Fitzpatrick was playing, but just looking at that matchup coming up, you would think that they wouldn't want to throw him to the wolves like that. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not the, the general manager of the Dolphins. Let, let me remind you of the national championship game. Okay. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> All right, let's go back over here to running backs. Then there's our defensive takes. Not not crazy about the defenses this week, and I, I think that all those ones in the top tiers might be overly priced, in my opinion, a little bit. That's why I wanted to go down uh, to the people playing the uh, the Lions playing against the Indianapolis Colts. I just see that as a potential for a score is what I see that for. So that's what that's maybe maybe the week off doesn't do. Philip Rivers' arm as good as we think. Maybe he needs to keep it. I heard you the first time, Wes. I heard you first time. Uh, Alvin Kamara starts us off at 8,200. Woo! Big price tag for a big guy, though, going against a Chicago defense. I'm just not sure he'll be able to pay that off, but I've doubted Kamara before, and Kamara has proved me wrong many, many times. Let's go all the way down here. I guess let's let's talk about CEH at 6,500, and let's stop right there at that little tier. Okay, so we'll start with Kamara. Uh, it's a high price tag um, at 8200 but it's technically only about 300 higher than what it was last week. Um, you're going to, again, want to pay attention to the, the Michael Thomas news. If he's out, you definitely can play Kamara again. Um, he's actually due for some, some positive touchdown uh, regression. I, I guess it's not technically regression, but uh, he hasn't gotten the end zone two weeks in a row. They get down there, and you know Drew Brees all of a sudden wants to do his little quarterback sneak where he's – you know, mm-hmm. lunging the ball out past the goal line, or they're they're doing a lot of play action themselves uh, versus giving it to Kamara. Uh, if he gets a couple of touchdowns, his his big weeks uh, would definitely be showing in the game logs. Right now, he's at 19 and 22, uh, 23 weeks in a row. He had a couple more touchdowns into that. You're, you're looking at closer to the 30 point days. Uh, so he's definitely capable. Uh, he does get that the receiving work as well, uh, which is really where he earns his salary with all the, the catches and dump offs uh, that he gets from Breeze. So I think he can definitely pay that price tag at 8,200. Uh, I like Henry as well. 8K again, it's starting to to get cold. I, I feel like they're going to start to see them lean on Henry a little bit more. Uh, he's probably one of the the main running backs in the league that you can pretty much count on for 20 plus touches week in and week out for the most part. So, so I expect that to be the case again. They're uh, six-point favorites against the Bengals when they get ahead. They like to grind him and really grind that defense down. Uh, so I like him. I like Dalvin Cook at 7,500. Uh, he should be good to go, I believe. Uh, I know Tom Palacero had said off the NFL Network he's about 99% ready uh, to go uh, coming off the bye themselves. Uh, Alexander Madison really struggled uh, right before the, the bye week, so they, I'm sure they're itching to get Dalvin Cook uh, back in the full divisional matchup. Uh, he's done a pretty good job uh, against the, the Packers in his career. Uh, even this year, week one, he had 21 points. I know he had a big game of 31 last year. So uh, 7,500, good price for Cook. Uh, probably not going to play Aaron Jones. Uh, 7,300 uh, coming off a of calf. I think he'll be ready. Uh, but I just expect, I don't know. It's So he's the, he's the guy that probably frustrates me one of the most when it comes to, to fantasy sports. Because if he can break a slate like he did in week two against the Lions where he went for 48, he's that type of talent. Um, but he just splits the the carries so much. Uh, Jamal Williams uh, steals carries. A.J. Dillon every, even comes in every once in a while, um, gets a couple carries. If he was the, the main back, I would like Aaron Jones a, a lot more. But I'm not sure I can play him coming off a of calf at 7,300. 
Um, I do like these next three and Hunt, Taylor, and Alaire. Uh, the the thing with Alaire, so I'm totally expecting him to come down with a stomach bug uh, about Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, so it could be the, the Le'Veon Bell show against the Jets. Uh, not sure that's actually going to happen, but that's just the scenario that's playing in my mind. But I do like all three of these guys. Uh, if I had to, to pick one, it'd be Hunt at 6,900 against the, the Raiders. I, I can understand what you're saying. It is one of those revenge games for Le'Veon Bell, and that might be another reason to not take a Patrick Mahomes uh, to lay off some of those receivers, and let's just see what Le'Veon Bell is able to do. You you know he's going to score a touchdown or two or yeah. three or four. <laughs> Again, I, I'm truly expecting something that uh, this bizarre to happen with CEH that's going to make him questionable or a game-time decision this week just so Le'Veon Bell can eat a little bit. You know, and and I I bet you Andy Reid does not have a lot of love for the New York Jets when he, you know because he was a Philadelphia Eagle coach for such a long period of time. Uh, he he you know he he seems to be one of those guys who is well liked in every locker room I am sure and by every organization and respected. But at the same time, you know, there's always those rivalry things going on, especially in those Eastern teams. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. All right, James Conner, who's getting a lot of work there in uh, uh, in. I'm sorry, I was getting distracted. I wanted to I wanted to make a comment about Alvin Kamara just being outside on the grass in Chicago as well. A little bit different environment than what he's used to inside of a dome and stuff there. And I think if I remember correctly, and I was trying to look it up, and New Orleans just doesn't play as well outside on grass, et cetera, et cetera, especially. And that, that Chicago field is so sloppy. It's so sloppy. Uh, it, it's just one of those places that if I was a running back, I would hate to play. That's all. I would hate to play. It can, it can be for sure. I don't like Breeze outside, uh, which is actually why I like Kamara a little more. I feel like Drew Breeze definitely struggles outside, which is weird um, as he went to Purdue here um, in Indiana. Mm-hmm. We had cold weather as well, but uh, he's definitely struggled outside. Uh, so I do like Kamara a little bit more because of that. All right. Con- Connor, who's getting a lot of work, he would have had a big, big, big day last week. Uh, he dropped a couple of touchdown passes, I think, or or something that happened around the goal line. I know he dropped one of the touchdown passes, and I think the other one got overturned or something. He would have had a really big game last week. But he's going against Baltimore, who you don't like that matchup at all. He's at 6,400. And I think that we got to skip all these guys. I, I, I don't know where the next tier goes because there's so many IRs and Qs and everything that goes on here, Pee Wee, I, I guess. I guess we got to go all the way down to like Gio Bernard again at 5,800. Yeah, it's definitely uh, just situations to monitor. And, and last week was really the prime example of that. So you had Aaron Jones get ruled out. Uh, I mean, what Saturday, Sunday, uh, Joe Mixon was ruled out. Um, and that really just opened up a ton uh, when you looked at that Giovanni Bernard was 4,500. Uh, Jamal Williams was 4K, which is the men's salary for running backs. Uh, so definitely monitor those type of situations. Obviously, both of those guys are, are priced up in this range now at 6,100 and 5,800. Uh, so you're not going to get the value again. Um, and I really don't like this range at all. Uh, the only one you can look, I, I think Josh Jacobs, uh, I mentioned him earlier. He's been pretty bad uh, outside of week one um, and then week five. But he, he's still, you know, getting touches. He's in the offense. He's he's going to be potentially in a sloppy game uh, in Cleveland if it does rain, so they could lean on him a little bit more at 6,200. Uh, the Browns haven't been the best against the running backs. I actually saw just with Giovanni Bernard last week uh, coming in himself for a 20-point fantasy day, so that's definitely something to, to look at there. Uh, I know you said you dropped Jarek McKinnon. 
uh, that's definitely a situation to to watch. <clears throat> I know that uh, Shanahan came out late and said that it was planned uh, for him to be rested uh, just based off the workload he had earlier in the year. Uh, but you look at the fact that, you know, they're still without Mostert. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. got banged up. Uh, I know Tevin Coleman's, he's getting close. Uh, so that's a situation to monitor. If Tevin Coleman's back, uh, then he could be someone you can look at there. I know they're hoping to get him back this week. Uh, so watch that situation for him because uh, he's 4K. Uh, and that could open up a ton if all of a sudden the, the 49ers get Tevin Coleman back at minimum salary. Uh, but if not, just based off volume alone, you can definitely look at at McKinnon at 5,700, if Jeff Wilson's out, if Moser's out, and all these guys continue not to play. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 5,600. Uh, we spoke about revenge earlier. Uh, revenge game for him as well against the Chargers. Uh, Philip Lindsley left that game early last week himself. Uh, he's questionable with a concussion. Uh, it's usually pretty hard for NFL players to, to pass that concussion protocol early, you know, uh, week one, week two. Uh, just because of, for one, the impact that the game has, uh, but just also the, the how deep and, and strict the protocols are uh, for football players. So looking at Melvin Gordon at 5,600 could be the main back there. Really good price tag for him if that's the case uh, going up against the Chargers again. Now, I think Jarek McKinnon, you, you mentioned the coach speak that was coming out there. It, it was a planned day of rest for Jarek McKinnon because of the workload. All right, I, I, let, me, let me just, week six, his workload was nine, oh, six, six rushes, three targets. The week number five, which I think he was a little bit banged up, five total touches for the week. And now in week four and week three, yes, he had he had quite a few. He had, he had 14, uh, an eight, that makes 22, and 18 touches altogether uh, on those two weeks. And then in weeks one and two, he had a total, a total of weeks one and two of four, eight, 12 touches combined in those two weeks. So the workload thing, I don't get that. What I think it was, Pee Wee, and I talked about it a little bit, was uh, the speed aspect of things for against the New England Patriots. And I talked about how they were a slower team mm-hmm. and, and it seemed like they really needed the speed. Jarek McKinnon, I think, is the bruising back for... <laughs> For the San Francisco 49ers, and we don't think of Jarek McKinnon that way, but they don't really have anybody to be that bruiser, you know, anymore. Tevin Coleman may have been that guy. I don't know who's that guy. Maybe they. Who? What's the? What's the? You know, I cannot do his name. The San Francisco 49er fullback. Uh, yes, it starts with a J. Kyle, you shit. Oh, why did you say I was gonna? I was gonna try to fumble around with it. It makes it makes it fun for me to have consonants. That are silent and and just the use check. I mean, I could say it that that name is really backwards to me. It's really backwards looking, but uh, I, I think that McKinnon is like their bruising back, and he just wasn't in their game plan last week. But I still can't trust anybody in that San Francisco uh, backfield right now. It's that time of year. It's that time of year again where they just really mix and match. It's really strange. It's true, but I mean, they got to play someone, and if you yeah. got two injuries, especially if Tevin Coleman's not back. Uh, they're pretty much down to McKinnon and Jermichael Hasty, if that's the case. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Coleman. Again, that's just news to, to monitor uh, because it could open up value uh, if that's the case. Yeah, well, and maybe maybe Dime was just a little frustrated. I ended up dropping Drake at halftime, too. I just dropped him. I just said, forget it. And then he, uh, he got hurt, and I, maybe I dropped him. Yeah, I dropped him right after he got hurt. That's what I did. I just dropped him. I didn't care. I dropped him. And so I, and I was like, who else am I dropping? Hi, there, McKinnon. Dropping McKinnon, too. I just started dropping people left and right. Picked up Phillip Rivers and picked up Tua. As I, I, went on a, I went on a Sunday night cleaning the house spree is where I went. 
<laughs> I right. start following you now. Look at Wes's moves like midnight. Just go check our league that we're in together and make sure you haven't dropped anybody. Oh, you better. Yeah, you better. I forgot we're in a league together. All right, Swift starts us off. 5,300. we got to wrap this thing up. I know that's because I'm rambling on. 5,300 and Mark Ingram. We don't know if Mark Ingram's healthy or not. I know you don't like that against Baltimore at all. I don't know that you could take any of those Rams guys in this in this little tier either. Very, very strange going on in the Los Angeles Rams backfield either. Just start at, at Swift and work me work my way through here. Yeah, I think you can look at DeAndre Swift at 5,300. Um, I do like the the Colts against the run, but uh, Swift's definitely becoming the the main area down type of back uh, there when it comes to the Lions. He's he's involved in the passing game, uh, so you can definitely you know take a shot at him at 5,300. Uh, Miles Gaskin, uh, I don't like really picking on the the Rams because they do have Aaron Donald up the middle, uh, but you could see too a kind of lean on the running game a, a little bit more himself. Uh, just to kind of keep the defense honest. Uh, so I can see Miles Gaskin having a decent day himself, kind of be an extension of the passing game also since he can't catch balls at 5,200. Uh, I know we talked about it, but, you know, Lev Bell revenge game. Uh, he didn't really get too many, you know, carries, six for 39. Uh, he did have bursts. He had a couple, you know, 16-yard runs, uh, which was great. Uh, Allaire definitely looks like he's still the, the number one back uh, for good reason. Uh, but just a situation to monitor. I do feel like he's going to get in the end zone, uh, which could end up paying off itself uh, at 4,600 when it comes to the revenge against the Jets. Uh, so you could definitely potentially look at at Le'Veon Bell. Uh, going down, I don't really like too many uh, in this range down below. Damian Harris is still getting a decent amount of action for the Patriots at 4,200, uh, but you're going to need Cam to play better in that situation. Yeah, and John Frisella said today at Legend Sports 7 on Twitter, one of the hosts there on our John Frisella show at the end of the week, he, he said that by far the New England Patriots need to really lean on Harris more because he looked like his, their most explosive back. And I don't know I, I don't know if Johnny's heard something up there in his neck of the woods or not, but that might be able to be one of those good plays at 4,200, the way Buffalo kind of let up a, a touchdown, I think, on the ground, at least one touchdown on the ground last week, if I'm not mistaken. What about Gus? What about Gus Edwards in Baltimore? Mark Ingram's a little bit banged up. He's only forty four hundred. I know that that Baltimore backfield is a little bit goofy, um, but Pittsburgh didn't necessarily just stop Derrick Henry last week. Yeah, but Gus Edwards not Derrick Henry, uh, and I really, I mean, Derrick Henry only had fifteen fantasy points, and a lot of that was the the touchdown there late in the game. Uh, without that, he's looking at nine, uh, and I, I I really expect Derrick Henry. Uh, he's definitely better than, than Gus Atwood, so I'm probably not going to play Gus, uh, even at, regardless of the, the Ingram situation. Yeah, I see a lot of people talking about Gus Edwards. That's why I mentioned it. Zach Moss as well. I like him at 4,400 just because uh, that I know it's in the, against the New England Patriot defense, but they just didn't impress me all that much last week. The Buffalo Bills offense is a lot different than the 49ers, though. Yeah, I just, I don't know, Moss. He's not getting the, the touches for me. I know he got a little bit more of an uptick uh, against the Jets, but, again, that was the, the Jets. Uh, look, Just looking at these running backs, I'm, I'm guessing, again, that Levitt Bell will probably be the, the lowest I go um, okay. when it comes to this price range. All right. Well, that, that 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 takes us through all of them because I don't think that there's anybody down there on the bottom part of things that we really want anything to do with anymore. Uh, there's not anybody jumping out at us unless some kind of injury pops up or something like that, and we got to really kind of start concentrating on those guys. I don't think that you're going to be taking a Frank Gore this week. I don't think that you're going to do that. Did they pass the torch in in the Jets' backfield? 
P. Ryan did get a lot more action. I don't know if that's the, the torch pass, but he got in the end zone. He had about 13 touches uh, overall, so he definitely was more involved this past week. I know you talked about Tevin Coleman. He's only 4,000, so if that if he does play, I don't know that we could trust him in that backfield. But to me, in that San Francisco backfield, that's one of those perfect moments where Shanahan pulls Tevin Coleman out of his hat and runs him like 20 times, okay? That's what it's <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. Shanahan does. And you mentioned uh, real quick, you you mentioned Homer and Dallas earlier with the Seattle Seahawks. I know it's going up against that San Francisco 49er defense, but I think that defense is really going to be concentrating on the passing attack for the Seattle Seahawks. And so maybe a Dallas, I didn't realize he was that athletic. Yeah, he was. He looked pretty solid out there. He was mostly uh, just getting dump offs. Uh, but he did a lot. You know, he had two for, for 18. Uh, looked pretty pretty agile. Uh, I hadn't really heard much of him. I knew the name, uh, but I hadn't heard much of him. But he he looked solid. And him and Homer may be the main two if, if both Hyde and, and obviously Carson are ruled out. All right. Well, build me a lineup, Pee Wee, uh, this week, and I will stick to this one. <laughs> What's well, a tough week? Um, I It's just uh, the salaries are – Really good right now. Um, I know the weather's kind of concerning me in, in this game, but I'll just start with a uh, cheap, cheap, cheap quarterback. Uh, so I'll go Derek Carr at 5,500 uh, going into Cleveland. Uh, obviously, if it does rain there, I may get off of him, but, but right now I like his price range. Uh, I'm running back with one of the value receivers that I really like, and that is Hunter Winfro at 3,800 uh, against that, that Brown secondary. It's 27th ranked. Uh, with the run back on the other side for the Browns, I'm actually going to go to the running back position, uh, which is going to be Hunt, uh, Kareem Hunt. Good spot here for him uh, against the, the Raiders run defense, which I like to target at 6,900. Uh, I know I kind of spoke to him already, but Derrick Henry, I feel like I want to get him in. The, the weather's changing. A good price tag for him there at 8K. Um, I'll probably play Kamara if Michael Thomas is ruled out. Uh, we'll, we'll just not play Kamara for this sake. I'm going to go down about $500 and play Dalvin Cook at $7,500. I'm jamming in Devontae Adams this week at $8,800. I'm not sure how, but I'm just going to figure it out and put him in there. Uh, We spoke to some cheap defenses. I'm going to go down to the Dolphins at $2,400 to save some salary. Uh, Hope that Goff, you know, turns over the ball or, you know, that defense is pumped up for for Tua's debut uh, that maybe they can score there. Um, tight end is another place. Uh, probably going to want to save some salary. Uh, we, we spoke to the, the coat situation. Uh, that's definitely one to monitor. Uh, if Alec Cox is ruled out, we'll go ahead and go, you know, like a Trey Burton uh, type of situation there. I uh, like Johnny Smith at 4,100. He could be tough to, to fit in there, but if I fit him in there at 40, 4,100, that leaves me 3K minimum. And uh, if you remember, I was speaking up one of my, my guys in Indianapolis, uh, Marcus Johnson there at the minimum salary. Uh, he could close us out at, at 3K in this lineup there. Ooh, okay. I, I mean, I was you were sitting there talking about this guy and talking about that guy, and and you kept talking about their salaries, and I was thinking, hey, no way, Pierre. We, we're not going to fit all these guys in here like that. And I'll be if you didn't fit them all in. You did a great job of fitting those guys all together. I do not have a New York Jet lineup for us this week at all, so I can spare you the the hum- I can spare myself the humiliation of you laughing at me as I built that lineup last week. <laughs> I was laughing with you, Wes. I was laughing no. with you. 
I like your lineup. That that looks like a winner. I'm going to hit that enter button right now and see how that plays out for us. All right. Very good job again, Pierre. You do a great job of breaking everything down. I'm glad you're on top of all this stuff for me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad the listeners are tuning in. I'm glad they're doing well. You know, my wife, other members have, you know, tagged me on Twitter, you know, about their success. So I thank you. Glad I'm able to help. That's why we're doing it to help others just get better at their lineup construction and just how to pick value. And it's just, it's glorious to, to just hear the success story. So keep them coming. Yeah, I know you enjoy that. You, you, you'll retweet him, you'll tag me and stuff like that. And that's awesome. I wonder, I'm so glad to hear that as well. So you can find him on Twitter at Peewee31. Make sure you hit him up throughout the week. Tell him thank you. Ask him all kinds of questions. Or if you hear something on the show that you might disagree with a little bit and you want to hear what his thoughts are, don't be shy about asking that either. Go ahead and tag both of us. You can find me on Twitter at Loafinit as well. If you want to put in the, the Twitter handle for the show of the Fantasy Impact Today Network, go right ahead. It's at FI Today with a little underscore. And you can follow all the different hosts right there underneath the bio. Don't forget to head over to Anchor FM and you can listen to the show on whatever platform you like to listen to shows on and subscribe to the podcast and do the things that you can do to help support the podcast by hitting the like button, the heart buttons, slapping the stars around, leaving a comment, whatever you can do. But more importantly than all those actions, Fit Fam, we want to thank you so much for your support. But we also want to encourage you to go out into the world and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.